0: welcome to the way of crypto podcast your best daily news source covering everything happening in the crypto and bitcoin space every single weekday morning we go over market news price action and of course all the drama happening in crypto every single day if you want to support the show you can find us on patreon and do that as a general supporter at three bucks a month or if you want to take it up a notch you can contribute to the show with 10 bucks a month, this allows you to not only contribute to the show financially, but also with show content as well as it enables you to ask any question you want, hopefully about crypto. But if not, I'm probably going to answer it anyway. And we'll go over all those answers every single Friday. However, the best way to support the show is simply to subscribe and give us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can do this on Spotify and Apple, and all your favorite podcast listening platforms. Subscribe, give us a review. That's the best way to support the show. Finally, if you want to take your keys into your own hands, you can purchase a Ledger device through the link in the description. This ensures you're purchasing the device through the Ledger website, and it has not been tampered with by a third party, like what can happen if you purchase through Amazon or eBay or a third party seller. You never know if your device has been tampered with. Uh, So use the link in the description. It ensures you're purchasing through Ledger, and also 10% of that purchase will go to support the Way of Crypto at no extra cost to you. If you want to reach out to me on social media, you can find me on Twitter at Way of Crypto Cast, on TikTok at Way of Crypto. But the best way is to go to the website, www.thewayofcrypto.com. There's an email link there. You can fill it out. Let me know your questions, comments, and concerns and i'll get back to you there's also an rss link on the website if you run your own podcast server and you want to subscribe through that rss link you can do that let's get into the news thanks for listening to today's episode of the way of crypto podcast we got a ton of news to go over today uh the merge it happened whether you realize it or not Uh, The merge took place at about 5.30 in the morning, my time. Uh, Your time, of course, is going to be different because listeners are from all over the world here. Uh, But we're going to cover that. Uh, Lots of stuff going on, some Bitcoin predictions by some uh, on-chain analysts. We're going to go over what they think, some Solana stuff. uh, Some Craig Wright trial. That's been all over Twitter, so if you haven't been paying attention to the Craig Wright trial, he is claiming to be Satoshi Nakamoto, the inventor of Bitcoin, and is uh, suing anyone who says otherwise that has any kind of wide-scale audience. So this is coverage of the court case that is happening in Norway, and he is suing a Personality, influence, crypto influencer, I guess you'd call him Bitcoin influencer, uh, called Hodlknot and uh, take him to court because he, Hodlknot says he is not Satoshi Nakamoto. Craig Wright says he is. And uh, we'll get into a little bit about that because it's actually pretty interesting on some of the claims Craig Wright has made. Uh, for the record, I don't believe he is Satoshi Nakamoto. I believe he is a. Uh, I don't know, maybe he's a little bit out there or something. I'm not sure why he's, why he's claiming to be this. Uh, maybe it's for fame or wealth or something. I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but I'm not buying it. But anyways, and uh, actually we got some Celsius news to get into as well, as much as you probably don't want to hear about that. But anyways, Fear and Greed Index is currently sitting at a 28, uh, yesterday at 27. So we're moving up in the world a little bit there. Uh, last week at 20 and last month at 44, Bitcoin price action to follow that. Uh, is at $20,175 $20, at the moment. So about the same as yesterday, but we'll get into that price action uh, specifically right now. Uh, so Bitcoin, 20162 flat on the 24, up 5% on the seven-day Ethereum. Uh, this is interesting here. So Ethereum price action pretty well flat after the merge since yesterday. So uh, you haven't missed out on any uh, big Ethereum pump after the merge or anything, not yet anyways. Uh, However, the time of this recording is at 7.55 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So markets will be opening in about an hour and a half. So there is some time there. Uh, We'll see if volume spikes during trading hours or not. I don't know. I've been out of this Ethereum trade altogether Uh, since the beginning of the merge. I've just kind of bowed out of the trade. And uh, use case, yeah, I use Ethereum. I use Matic. uh, I use Solana. I use a a lot of different... uh, different tokens for different things. Uh, most of it's to look at and trade real expensive JPEGs. However, uh, I don't, I'm not in this trade uh, to make money on Ethereum at all because I don't know what's gonna happen and that's not the way I like to trade. Anyways, let's move on here. BNB uh, 275, XRP's at 33 cents, Cardano is at 47 cents, Solana's at 33 bucks and 90 cents, up 2% on the 24 and up about 3% on the seven day. Dogecoin's at six cents flat on the 24, flat on the seven day as well. Uh, dot, $7.08 down to, to, or let's call it one and a half percent. Oh, it actually just went up a little bit, one percent on the 24, and about two percent on the seven day. Matic is uh, in the green, just barely there, 85 cents, up about 90 cents in the 24, and up about three and a half percent on the seven day. Uh, anything real big here happening? ethereum classic has had some volatility in the past uh, 12 hours or so however currently sitting uh, in the green but in the normal green area let's call it that 38 bucks right now for an ethereum token ethereum classic token uh, and they're up about seven percent on the 24 and up about five percent on the seven day unos said leos at five dollars and twelve cents up six points 5% Five percent on the twenty-four and down about three percent on the seven-day. Uh, and then I'm just going to scan here for some big movers. I don't use any fancy websites to track what's going on; just CoinMarketCap, and I do it with my own eyes here. Uh, and we don't have a whole lot going on. It may even be Solana, only up two percent uh, on the twenty-four out of the top thirty. That's the biggest. Uh, that's the biggest green candle in the last twenty-four hours. So. Let's get on to the news here. We're going to talk about Ethereum and uh, what the merge is and what it's not. Uh, we're going to go over some articles. And uh, really, if you weren't following the news, you didn't know the Ethereum uh, merge was happening and you didn't use Google's countdown clock, <laughs> you would never knew, never have known it, take, it was taking place other than if you were trying to withdraw uh, ETH off an exchange that paused withdrawals during that time period so it seems to have gone fairly smoothly however time will see uh or t- yeah time will reveal on uh, how smoothly this has gone everything seems okay right now and uh, it hasn't really had any massive action in regards to price however gas fees are a little up uh so there is that but let's get in the first article of the day it is from coindesk and it's entitled the ethereum merge is done opening a new era for the second biggest blockchain first biggest is Bitcoin. The historic upgrade cast aside from aside the miners who had previously driven the blockchain with promises of massive environmental benefits. I should say political benefits instead of environmental benefits because we all know that proof of work will bring in new tech in the way that we can solve the uh, cheap and green energy problem. Bitcoin is going to spearhead that. You can tell just by uh, looking at the past history of the last two years and Bitcoin miners that have entered in um, to help support that proof-of-work chain and what ideas they've come up with to harvest green energy. Uh, Really, proof-of-work is going to do more for green energy than proof-of-stake will. Uh, Proof-of-stake is just masking the problem of, using less energy however uh, the world will continue to need more and more energy and a resolution to find uh, a green source of energy is going to become more and more important as we uh, as we push on here so I see proof of stake as kind of like a band-aid solution and proof of work as uh, entering the new era of uh, what we can find and innovate in the green green energy space Uh, anyways here uh, yeah I don't agree with this um promises of massive environmental benefits what i do think it is uh, and nothing against proof of stake i uh, like some proof of stake tokens however uh, there are issues with it and there are issues with proof of work as well but i don't agree with the statement that it promises massive environmental benefits i think it promises massive political benefits Uh, But that's okay as well. Anyways, let's get into the article here. The massive overhaul of Ethereum known as the merge has finally happened, moving digital machinery at the core of the second largest cryptocurrency to a vastly more energy efficient system. That is true. After years of development and delay. I think that was the biggest, uh, biggest news of this is that it's finally done. It's been promised for so long. Miners have been worried uh, that they're going to have to find a new use for their really expensive graphics cards for quite a long time and that day has finally come and uh, i'll think it'll be interesting to see what the smaller miners the people that are mining crypto with their gaming pc or maybe a couple rigs or a very small operation what they're going to move to to mine i think uh There's been a lot of action in Ravencoin, a lot of price action there, uh, as well as a lot of chatter about Ravencoin. And that's uh, one of the big possibilities. But I think it's going to be interesting to watch in that space as well. It was no small feat swapping out one way of running a blockchain known as proof of work for another called proof of stake. That's true. That is a massive, massive ordeal. The metaphor that I use is the idea of switching out an engine from a running car, said Justin Drake. A researcher at the non profit Ethereum Foundation who spoke to Coindesk before the merge happened. I like to think that I like to think of it as kind of like switch from gasoline to electric. Yeah, maybe uh, the payoff is potentially gigantic. Ethereum should now consume 99.9% or so less energy from an energy cost perspective. It's like Finland suddenly shut off its power grid. I don't think many of the articles today and that's fine. We'll let, uh, let's let have proof of stake habits win. We won't touch on a lot of the negatives. I did a little bit just a few moments ago. However, uh, a lot of these articles are very, uh, coated on what proof of stake means and that's okay. Cause let's set let's let proof of stake have the win for the day. I'm not against proof of stake. I do like proof of work better, though that is a thing. Uh, however, that's my opinion. Everyone's got their everyone's got their own opinion, right? The idea was there from the start that Ethereum would eventually make the switch to proof of stake, but the transition was a complicated technical effort, especially with the amount uh, amount that is currently relying on Ethereum. Currently, the entire crypto industry, other than Bitcoin, if you even want to call it a crypto, I kind of don't, uh, is reliant on Ethereum to function. Yeah, there's. The Layer 1s are doing their own thing. However, uh, OpenSea and all that's the NFTs that currently exist in today's marketplace. Without Ethereum, no one would care anymore. Uh, whether Solana is making some headwinds uh, in stealing some of that market share from Ethereum, that's for sure they are. Uh, however, Ethereum is still the king as of right now. Anyways, let's keep going here. When the merge officially kicked off at... 2 43 a.m eastern standard time over 41,000 people were tuned in on youtube to an ethereum mainnet merge viewing party they watched with bated breath as key metrics trickled in suggesting that ethereum's core systems had remained intact after around 15 long minutes the merge officially finalized meaning it could be declared a success while the rest of us slept all this happened and then we woke up this morning with no not feeling any difference which is exactly what you want when it comes to a software update the update which ends the networks reliance on energy intensive pro- processes of cryptocurrency mining has been closely watched by crypto investors and enthusiasts for the impact it is expected to have on the wider blockchain industry and that is that's going to be the big thing the impact proof of stake is going to have or ethereum moving to proof of stake i should say uh, we don't know and that's if any impact whatsoever it may not have any impact we'll uh we have to wait and see uh at this point now so let's talk about uh yeah so we're going to talk about some some of the things that happened last night someone paid $60,000 or 36eth in fees to mint the first nft on the ethereum after on Ethereum after the merge. Uh, so this is a story from Crypto Potato uh, and that is the title. So someone paid a whopping 36 ETH to make history by minting the very first NFT on Ethereum after it's transition to proof of stake. The Ethereum network went through its largest upgrade in history transitioning into proof of stake uh, consensus algorithm. Immediately after that users are finding clever ways to commemorate the event and to become part of history. In this particular case a user spent a whopping 36 ETH worth of worth about 60,000 USD at current rates to mint the very first ever non-fungible token on the proof of stake based Ethereum network. And there's a little picture of what the NFT looks like. If you want to go to Crypto Potato and look for that article, you'll see that. Minted at a block height of 15537394, the image itself represents a panda face and is called the transition. I think this is pretty clever, actually. And that'll probably be worth some someday. There's a certain irony in the fact that someone paid so much to mint an NFT. But it's also important to note that the merge itself doesn't do much to decrease gas fees on the Ethereum network. No, it doesn't affect gas fees. The only thing this does, it doesn't affect fees or speed or anything else. What it does is it moves from proof of work to proof of stake. That's it. Uh, The rest is to follow. All the other upgrades are coming down the road here. This is one of the most popular misconceptions about the event. The merge has changed the overall consensus algorithm and doesn't expand the network capacity. This is why it won't significantly reduce gas fees. However, there are multiple scaling solutions to be deployed at a later stage to tackle this particular challenge. So yeah, so they're not done with Ethereum yet. It'll continue being upgraded Probably forever as long as people are using it anyways I guess that is forever uh, in Ethereum's case Uh, however it doesn't impact gas fees or speed or anything like that at this point the merge does not impact that that is all coming down the road Uh, and I believe it will come especially after this is the big one the merge is the big one Uh, so let's get into last article about the merge and then we're going to talk about some different stuff And uh, we kind of just covered this already, so we'll just touch on this article. Three big things the merge will change about Ethereum. The network's shift to proof-of-stake has implications for the environment, uh, or I like to say, I like to switch environment with politics. Fees and Ethereum as a network state, but it won't change everything. So this article is from Coindesk, and that is the headline. At press time, estimates are the Ethereum's merge or transition to proof-of-work to proof-of-stake? base transi- transaction validation and settlement will happen around 1 a.m. So uh, this is already done. Uh, we'll move on here. Lower fees? Question mark. Nope, won't lower your fees. The most important thing the merge won't accomplish is reducing transaction fees on Ethereum. That is the biggest thing. But we have Layer 2s like Polygon for that and Polygon's uh, very widely used for this purpose. That's how how I use Polygon. That means above all, there's still going to be serious places in the crypto world for alternate layer one blockchains like Solana and Nier, as well as layer twos like Optimism and Polygon. Uh, so Polygon not only makes them, and I'm not pumping any bags because I don't actually have, it. I don't trade on with Polygon. I just use it. Uh, however, Polygon speeds up your transactions significantly and lowers the gas fees significantly. Somewhat ironically, Ethereum fees have actually jumped by around 25% to an average of $3 per, per transaction since Tuesday. That's just because people are using the Ethereum network because they're interested in using it. I expect gas fees to probably be pretty high over the next 48 to 72 hours as people are making sure their ETH wallets are still functioning and uh, they can move stuff around uh, still after the merge. The ecological premium by removing... come This is going to be a hard word for me compute to nationally intensive work also known as proof of mining on ethereum the merge is expected to reduce the networks overall energy consumption by more than 99 percent that's the main purpose of this um a recent bank of america report argued some institutions or other investors who were, l- were reluctant or unable to invest in proof of work systems will now be free to stake ethereum maybe if the incentive is high enough uh to for them to enter into what they consider a risk asset, which is Ethereum. Uh, Right now, what's the yield on staked Ethereum around 5%? Maybe, maybe that would be enough to entice them. Second, and and I think more important, the shift of proof of stake totally transforms the playing field for NFTs. As silly as things got during the last bull cycle, NFTs are one of the clearest cases of real and user product market fit on Ethereum and is extremely bullish on the concept long term. But a lot of artists and consumers seem to have generally anti- Antipathy to blockchains tied up in environmental concerns. Is that a thing? I've never heard that before. But yes, maybe there's not the only. That's not their only gripe. But removing that issue will be huge for the appeal of digital art on Ethereum in the long term. Uh, And then it digs into censorship risk and some other things as well. However, we're not going to touch on that today uh, because we're going to let Ethereum have the win they did a good job on the merge. Everything seems seems to be functioning properly. Uh, So we've already talked about the censorship issues with proof of stake, and there's going to be more to follow on that because we're going to be able to watch it in real time, whether it actually happens or doesn't, or whether we're worried about nothing. Uh, It's something that we will be able to watch in real time as uh, history reveals itself. Uh, anyways, let's switching gears here, uh, let's move on to Bitcoin. On-chain expert Willy Woo says Bitcoin hasn't reached max pain just yet. Here's why. So Willy Woo has been around a long time. He's a Bitcoin on-chain analyst. Uh, he has been wrong about some things, has been right about some things. So keep that in mind. However, let's dig into this article here. Widely followed on-chain analyst Willy Woo says that Bitcoin hasn't bottomed out just yet based on under-the-radar metrics. We were also, so according to Willy Woo, and I'm not taking anything away because he's right sometimes as well, uh, but all these guys were calling for 100 k last year uh, in January as well for Bitcoin and that didn't happen. We topped out at 68 so um, just keep that in mind, they are, uh, he is a very well regarded analyst and uh, on-chain stuff is important to, as part of the picture. However, it seems like, anyways, in the last year that macro has just overridden anything to do with uh, anything on-chain, or TA for that matter, it's all about macro. I know some people say that TA gives you the news before the news, but I- I've never found that. However, I'm not uh, not a real TA scientist either. Anyways, let's get on here. The analyst tells his 1 million Twitter followers that Bitcoin has not seen the same pain as previous bear markets when looking at the Bitcoin market cost basics metric which can show how many coins are underwater from the time of purchase. Have we bottomed? This is a question mark. In terms of max pain, the market has not felt the same pain as prior bottoms. We can see this in the blue line supply in profit by glass node yeah so that we can see that in the blue line the supply and profit is what it tracks uh, we have only reached 52% of being coins underwater so far prior bottoms are 61% 64 57 so we're close i guess we're not far off that metric while the current bear market doesn't necessarily need to bleed out as much in the past wu says if it does a max pain target near 9000 might still be in play history doesn't need to be to repeat especially in the modern era with futures hedging available and it's, that is not picked up on on chain. But if we do get a repeat with Max Payne reaching 60% of the supply underwater, that price is currently at $9,100. bucks. would not that be something? That would be like the end of the world scenario for uh, crypto, a temporary end of the world scenario because it's not going to zero. However, that is pretty close. The popular analyst says that before he starts thinking about flipping bullish on Bitcoin, he wants to wait for a break in trend of the Bitcoin supply and profit. Which brings me to one of the signals I'm watching for before rotating capital back in, supply and profit. The supply in profit trend line break. It broke cleanly and all of the prior bear market bottoms. At the time of writing, Bitcoin is trading at 21,145 flat on the day. Uh, So that was last week sometime. Let's move on to another Bitcoin strategist here. Bitcoin could plunge by over 30% before bottoming out. According to crypto strategists, here's the timeline same rules apply. Uh sometimes these guys are right and a lot of times are wrong as well, but it's interesting to see what people think is going to happen. I think that's interesting. A widely followed crypto asset trader and analyst is warning that Bitcoin has the potential to plummet by over 30% from its current market price in a key support of if key support levels crumble. Uh yeah, I'd agree with that. That's like saying if it goes down, it can go down some more. Synonymous crypto analyst Capo tells 51 517,000 Twitter followers that Bitcoin's main downside target lies between 16,000 and 14,000, a drop between 21 and 31%. A lot of people are calling for these price targets, but I think the most common price target is like 12 12,000 at the moment anyways. Uh, while warning that Bitcoin could bounce to 23,000 from current levels, the analyst says that the largest crypto asset by market cap is likely to bottom out once it hits this downside target. Current pivot is 21,000, clean break below here, and 19,000 is next, break 19,000, and it goes to the main target of 14,000. Yes, if it goes low, it can go lower. It made Bitcoin's recent drop of approximately 10% from a high reach last week, so it actually it went up 10% and dropped back down 10% after we got uh, those inflation CPI numbers. Uh, and we're gonna experience some more volatility here, coming up with the Federal Reserve meeting when they tell us wh- how many basis points they're going to raise interest. There's a lot of people think it's going to be 100 basis points, which I don't. I don't see that at all. I, f- I think it's going to be 0. 0.75 basis points. So I think that's already priced in. Uh, I don't know if 100 basis points is priced in or not. I don't think we know that quite yet, but. It is possible, considering we just had a massive, uh, massive dip here. Uh, Bitcoin before and after the price rejection from the resistance zone twenty one thousand, twenty two thousand. I th- I don't think we're going to talk about numbers too much more here. Uh, but anyways, so Capo thinks we we could potentially, if we do break down and go below nineteen thousand, uh, our next target is 14, 000, 14 to sixteen thousand, uh, which. Oof, that's that's low, but it's not as bad as what Willy Blue is calling for. Moving on here, Solana creator Antonoli. I'm I, I'm going to say this guy's name's wrong, and I apologize. Uh, Anatoly Yakovenko. Maybe I got that right. So Solana creator Anatoly Yakovenko reveals his end goal for the top Ethereum rival. I think merge day is a good time to talk about um, another, probably the up-and-coming, I guess you could call it, Up and coming with less security, faster transactions, but less security uh, layer one, uh, which is Solana. The co-creator of Solana is revealing his angle for the high throughput blockchain and major Ethereum rival. So in a new interview with Scott Melker, also known as the Wolf of All Streets, and Tony Yakavenko says that he hopes that Solana blockchain speed will help it become the benchmark system for all global financial data, eliminating market efficiencies. It is important to note uh, speed, it's not all rainbows and sunshine on the Solana network. It's been proven to be, over the last year, somewhat unreliable. Uh, and as well as by speeding up those transaction fees, they are taking a, a large hit into security. Uh, and if it were me, if I had a bunch of, uh, let's say, stable coins, uh, whether it be USDT, USDC, whatever your pick is there, uh, a high percentage in stablecoins. I would choose ETH over any other network because of the uh, security involved. And so Solana does give up a little bit for those high transaction fees or the high transaction speed. Sorry. However, they are fast and cheap to use. And I do like uh, for JPEGs, Solana is just fine. I think the security it depends on the use case of what that layer one is solving. Those are just my feelings on it. Uh, anyways, let's get into a quote from him. This is like my science fiction and goal for Solana is that when news travels around the world, state transitions travel at the same speed as news. By the time that news hits a Bloomberg tournament in New York, the price of whatever that thing was reflecting is already being propagated through Solana. When a trader looks at a market, looks at a market at the New York Stock Exchange, or Solana, it's the same price. It means there's no real arbitrage allowed. Wouldn't that be something? That will require a lot of work. We joke that if we have to do it, we will build a, a neutral-based communication between nodes. I just destroyed this sentence here, so I apologize for that. To cut through the center of the earth to reduce latency. The crypto entrepreneur says in order for Solana to become dominant, a big breakout of adoption or the next big application on its blockchain would be key to making it happening. It does seem to be uh nfts are really helping push the solana narrative that's for sure they're really becoming solana is uh, for many reasons i think mainly due to transaction speed and price transaction price i think is really the main cause Uh, they are really taking quite a bit of market share away from ethereum when it comes to nfts you can look at that if you look at uh, go to OpenSea and look at click on the tracking and just look at the 24-hour volume scale solana is moving in on ethereum at a very high rate that's for sure uh moving on from a quote for him i think the key part that would be awesome and like a win is if we do see that like 100 million users breakout application happen on solana and i don't know what that is but to me if the facebook if like the facebook or whatever equivalent of nfts gets built on solana that would be i think how we would win quotes are really hard to read aren't they I have this belief and hope that self-custody is so important that if we have 100 million people with self-custody that that becomes a transformative force, almost like a global voting block around the world. Like what if, 100, or what if 10 million people decided to buy every coal plant and shut it down like the Constitution, DAO, uh, or Decentralized Autonomous Organizations is just explaining what a DAO is for you. The possibilities there are pretty endless and pretty wild yeah so if you want to check out that interview you can go to the wolf of all street scott melker's youtube channel i watch his pretty often for interviews i i really like him and it's entitled the future of solana uh so we're going to wrap this up with some celsius news and um Alex Mashinsky has still plans for Celsius, which I find a little bit surprising. I think it's dead in the water. I can't see anyone ever using it again to as a custody method for their crypto after what happened in June. However, uh, Mashinsky may not agree. Well, let's see what he wants to do with Celsius here. The headline: This is from CoinfoMania.com. The headline is: Celsius CEO proposes plan to revive the company. Alex Mashinsky, CEO of the Celsius Network, has proposed plans that would help the company recover from its bankruptcy. Celsius fired for Chapter 11. We know that. Becoming a crypto custodian is the next headline. According to the report, Mashinsky and Oren Blonstein, another Celsius executive, told employees during a meeting on September 8th that they plan to, re- to rebuild the company as a custodian. I don't know about that. Crypto custodian stores and secures digital assets on behalf of investors and charges fees on certain types of transactions. Would you trust Celsius as your custodian? It's insane. The executive noted that the project was codenamed Kelvin after a unit of temperature. If the foundation of our business is custody and our customers are electing to do things like stake somewhere or swap one asset for another, or take a loan against an asset as collateral. We should have the ability to charge a commission. So he wants to run the same business model uh, without the yield, is what it looks like to me. During the meeting, Mashinsky pointed out some top global brands, including Pepsi, who had also gone gone bankrupt in the past, were able to rebuild, but they weren't holding custody. They didn't lose users' or customers' money and life savings. They are not going anywhere. My prediction for Alex Mashinsky and Celsius is uh, they're going to try to rebrand and fail really, really badly. After the meeting, the company's creditors expressed concerns over Mashinsky's continued involvement in Celsius and the feasibility of the Kelvin, Kelvin proposal. The report stated it's worth noting that Mashinsky's plan, proposed plan to rebuild Celsius as a custodian would require approval from the federal bankruptcy judge. Let's hope they shut that down. Uh, anyways, let's move on here. Craig Wright. And uh, we touched a little bit on this at the beginning. He claims to be Satoshi Nakamoto. He's suing HODLENOT, a crypto Bitcoin influencer, over saying he is not Satoshi Nakamoto. This court case is happening in Norway. And there's a lot of coverage of it on Twitter. Uh, Let's dig into it here. This is from Coindesk. And the headline is Craig Wright tells court he stomped on the hard drive containing satoshi's wallet's keys so there has been a little bit of calling out for if craig wright is satoshi to move some bitcoin that was in that uh satoshi nakamoto's wallet that is commonly known as holding a million bitcoin right now worth i don't know what the math is on that billions of dollars and People have been asking him to move a little bit out of that so we can watch it on chain and see the transaction Thus he can prove that he is Satoshi Nakamoto by having access to his wallet <laughs> however uh, Craig Wright can not do that because he says he stomped hard on that hard drive Otherwise people would end up forcing me into doing something. I don't want to do the self-styled Bitcoin creator told a Norwegian court so He's claiming he stopped on that hard drive holding billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin so no one can tell him what to do with it. That's his claim here. I also saw an interesting thing on Twitter. I'm not gonna dig into this article entirely because um, it's just not that serious. In reality, it's kind of, no one believes Craig Wright is Satoshi. He keeps claiming he is and he's probably gonna lose this court case uh, when he, how he's suing uh, crypto. He's suing essentially crypto Twitter for defamation uh, and he'll probably lose, I would guess. However, I did see something interesting yesterday. It was a note that uh, Craig Wright had wrote in he, what he claims to be 2007 about uh, building Bitcoin. I won't go through the note in all its detail, but the, it was a precursor to the creation of Bitcoin, but it was oddly dated. So this note was kind of stated what he wanted Bitcoin to be as a payment method and all that kind of stuff. And then just with the year date on top of it, 2007. And I just thought it was funny I was reading through the comments underneath um, and they pointed out the obvious that no one dates their notes with a year. If you date your notes, you kind of do it in a uh, top right, top left with the day uh, the day, the exact date. so you're looking at date the day, the month, and the year. No one just writes 20. If you're writing a note to yourself, you're not going to write 2022 on the top of it. If you want to track the date, you're probably going to write September 15th, uh, 2022, right? So this day, this note was dated with just the year. It just looked highly suspicious and very strange anyways, but a lot of the evidence that uh, he seems to be bringing into this case is actually quite comical if you think about it. So uh, if you want to follow it, just dig into... Bitcoin Twitter a little bit and uh, I'm sure you'll find something or type in Craig Wright and the uh, in the Twitter search bar there and something will pop up and you'll be able to follow this court case because there's a lot of coverage and it's kind of interesting, uh, but not serious enough to dig really in depth with on this podcast. You can do it on your own time. Um, that's going to wrap up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to support the show, you can go through the show notes. We have Patreon. Uh, you can buy a Ledger hardware wallet through our link in the description. 10% of that sale will go to support this podcast at no extra cost to you, as well as subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. That's it for now, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Uh, Have a great day. Bye for now.